Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com or also on Facebook. Give us a like. And we're on Twitter. Give us a follow. Plus, you can subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, and Google Play. Just search Steve Jones Show, and then the shows will drop right into your mobile device. You can listen to them anytime, anywhere. And you also have access to three months of shows. We've got them archived on our homepage at stevejonesshow.com and our email stevejones at wkok.com you can drop us a line anytime we've had a few emails drop into our email box over the last day or so so we'll uh get to them as our proceedings roll along yeah yeah we'll talk about those emails in a moment sure uh, trip into fantasy land <laughs> uh so <laughs> We're the most popular sport in the world. No, not really. Okay. So, <laughs> is that, uh, that Buner? Is that an email from Buner talking about cricket? Yeah. You're exchanging some messages with uh, Buner will, over the weekend. He's I heading will, back to New Zealand. I will freely admit that is one sport I don't get. Only one time have I ever sat down when I was contracted to broadcast a sport where I actually really sat down and like, okay, I need to look at this, what are the rules, things like that. Just to make sure, because I had not done the sport before. But when, when I was in Ireland, obviously at that point, you're subjected to whatever they have on TV. It's not like going to Mexico, for example, where you have I mean, as many English and Channel, you know, you have ESPN, you've got CNN, you've got everything down there. Right? But you go to Ireland, obviously, it's either British or Irish. And so they had Irish hurling. Now, that's a sport I actually knew from my old My World of Sports watching days. They had Gaelic football, which I had a, at least a decent handle on it. Obviously, soccer, I know. And then there was cricket, and there were they had also tennis. The U.S. Open Tennis Championship was being played, so I watched some tennis uh, when I was over in Ireland. And then they had cricket on. And I remember at the time, it was Jeff Tarma was there, Roger Corey was there, our sideline guy was Lauren Crispell, and of course Jack Ham. I remember going down uh, to eat at McCoy's, and we go down there, and I looked there, and I said, "I said, does anybody watch cricket?" And everybody said, "Yeah." I said. Do you have any idea what's going on? And everybody said, no. 
I have no handle on that sport. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Not a, no handle at all. Well, <laughs> that's one I don't... If I, I sat there and I tried to watch it and I thought, I, I honestly don't really know who's winning. <laughs> How bad's that? Okay. Winter weather advisory has been issued for your area. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. For what? Can't be happening, Sean. I know. Icy mix tomorrow for a little while. Icy mix? Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, freezing rain for a while, then we'll flip over to plain old rain. Hmm. That could be challenging for a little bit. All right. Well, just be careful out there. Oh, yeah. And you, with the trip you have to make every day, my goodness. Yeah, I think tomorrow morning we'll leave a shade earlier and we'll, it'll be a smooth ride home yeah. tomorrow night. We'll be fine. I know. I'm just saying, you have a long trip to make every day. That is not uh, an easy trip that you have to make. Uh, how long does it take you usually? Half hour? The fun no, I'm, I'm sorry, 45 minutes? Um, I'm sorry, 45 minutes. More like 55 for me. The funny part is it depends on the red lights on Route 15, okay. right between the Silver Moon Flea Market and Bucknell. <laughs> it okay. all depends on that series sure. of red lights there. But uh, uh, but sure. for the portion of my trip, I'm usually on the stretch I'm on Interstate 80. I'm there for between 25, 30 minutes. About half okay. the trip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's get to some emails here. Let's start with this. Uh, from uh, Joe from Northumberland, on the road, of course. Disregard these requests if you've already done them. Okay, next email. No, I'm just, I can't catch every. <laughs> I can't catch every show. Uh, one Jeff Byers has exciting stuff for a call of the day, which he does. It's true. His calls make wrestling come alive for me and other locals. Is Jeff bilingual? I can assure you, in no uncertain terms. No, unless you consider slang to be another language. <laughs> yeah, he made that clear in the top of the interview on Friday. He's he is not he's bilingual, one language kind of guy. Same with right. Me. <laughs> and we're going to be getting Jeff on the show many other times, especially with the Jordan Center uh, dual meet coming up with Michigan, which is the end of next week. This week they're on the road with Indiana and Purdue. Uh, let's see. Uh, I can only imagine what his bouts would sound like in Spanish. Ah, a la Ricky Ricardo, yes. Yes. <laughs> Two, would you explain the significance of the Learfield Director's Cup to my friends who choose not to share my enthusiasm for such a prestigious award? Thank you for considering Joe from Northumberland on the road. Right, let me explain the Learfield Director's Cup. It's done now. How they do the points, I'm not sure, but it's considered to be an all-around uh, broad-based sports uh, award. And if you are a broad-based sports program like Stanford, Penn State, Ohio State, uh, you win a championship, you get a lot of points. So in other words, Penn State Wrestling has been able to garner a lot of points for Penn State in a year by winning the national championship. In the past, the women's soccer team's done it. In the past, the Women's volleyball team has done it, uh, and so forth. And that's what it's based on. It's done on point totals. Now, Penn State usually does very well 
in the fall and in the winter and then falls back a bit in the spring. Even though track and field, Penn State's done well. Women's lacrosse, they've made the Final Four a couple of times. But that's just the pattern that's happened over the years. So it's prestigious for broad-based sports programs. For programs like Clemson and Alabama, where to them, you win in football. It's nice if you win in basketball. They have a lot of importance in baseball. They don't care about that part. I'll be frank with you. In other words, Clemson's going to get more mileage out of winning the football championship than out of winning the Learfield Cup. Uh, I'll give you neither one of them as wrestling. Uh, in fact, Clemson just dropped men's and women's swimming. As a matter of fact, they want to pour their resources into the sports that give them the most potential to either make money or lose less money. Uh, so it's, it's a broad-based award. It's based on points. Uh, it is considered prestigious. And it's based on performance of your teams throughout. You win a national championship, you get a lot of points out of it. And that's where, for example, wrestling has done very well for Penn State over the years in particular. So I hope that explains it. Now, how the point system works, like trying to ask me how the FedEx Cup points work in golf. Uh, I just see the results of it. But that's how it works. And, yes, there is some level of prestige to it especially for the schools that do care very much about a broad-based sports program like Penn State does. NCAA Wrestling. Uh, caught your show recently, and I'm not sure what the first or last. D. Sassman. Okay, that's okay. Uh, just an FYI, in case you have not already addressed it, uh, the... Uh, Wrestling championships are 2020 are going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium and not at Target, uh, not at the Target Center. It will be a true test of supply versus demand, especially factoring some awful seats for watching a sport like wrestling. Who knows? Uh, interesting. Um, that is going to be an interesting test. I would guess that, you know, especially first time through. Usually first time through does mean something in terms of trying to make a point. Look how popular we are uh, and uh, and how many people showed up. They will get a huge crowd, especially for the championship, at U.S. Bank Stadium. And U.S. Bank Stadium, by the way, is a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. Uh, just tremendous. And... The um, I don't know where they're going to put the mat. I mean, for eight mats, obviously, but I don't know how they're going to do this. Uh, the reason I don't know how they're going to do this is do you take it and you, do you put it toward one end zone? Do you put it toward one sideline? Or do you put it in the center? Well, if you put it in the center then you're going to have a lot of issues about the ability to see what's happening on the mat. Yeah, we talk about depth perception with March Madness for basketball, but I think yes. it's more of a depth perception, could be a more depth perception issue for the uh, people that will be going to it, depending on where they're seated. Again, do you do this like Syracuse does? Yeah, the carrier They take the basketball court and they yeah. put it in the end zone. I've done... Four basketball games in the Superdome. I've done two basketball games in the Carrier Dome. 
and I've done one basketball game in the old Georgia Dome. And the Georgia Dome, because it was a regional, it was a, it was a regional final, regional semifinal in the Sweet 16, they had the court in the end zone, and they brought seats across to form the other sideline. In the Superdome, they brought the seats across the field, and they put it along the sideline, and then they closed in the two ends with, with bleachers. Syracuse, they put in the end zone, and they bring, off, they bring the seats down to, to form a sideline. None of these are like the Final Four, where now they're putting the court in the middle, raising the court, building seats around it. And for those of you in row 89, you're just there to tell everybody you're there. I went. I had a look. I went. What did you think of the game? I went. <laughs> By the way, we do have some Penn State wrestling news. Cale Sanderson had media availability this afternoon. Uh, Gavin Teasdale is going to be transferring from Penn State, the four-time Pennsylvania State champ with just one loss in his high school career. Uh, he did withdrew. Uh, he withdrawed from the university in the fall uh, due to what he said was personal reasons. He did rejoin the team earlier this month, uh, but never saw the mat. Uh, he was expected to wrestle for the Nittany Lions at either 25 or 33. A product from Jefferson Morgan, PA, he initially committed to wrestle for Iowa, alongside his close friend Spencer Lee, but then flipped his commitment to Penn State before signing late in 2017. So uh, Gavin Teasdale requesting a transfer mm -hmm. and, and is uh, no longer on the Penn State wrestling roster. Yeah, well, it'll be... Uh, uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Don't know him at all. Never even been in the same room with him, to my knowledge. But I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, but putting it in U.S. Bank Stadium... Uh, I would expect that next year will be a banner year in terms of attendance for it. How they do it, I don't know in terms of where they're going to put the mat or the mats, how they go about it. It is a gorgeous facility. Uh, they know how to handle downtown parking, obviously. They have plenty of hotels in Minneapolis. Yeah, you just hope it's not going to be like a fluke weather situation with like a late winter storm that could you know, cause some traffic headaches, people getting to it. And, and again, that didn't uh, stop people going this past Sunday to the <laughs> to the Nebraska duels. <laughs> no, no, but the weather had already passed by then. By that time, they had the Nebraska duels. Yeah, I mean the weather had already passed for hours. As a matter of fact, and it's like so, what you yeah. said too. The Nebraska, the, the Cornhuskers were in Maryland on Friday night, so it wasn't really an right. issue for them to make right. it. So. I, mean, I flew back in. The weather wasn't that bad. Believe me, <laughs> if the weather were any kind of bad, we wouldn't. We got would have gone to Pittsburgh. Uh, the uh, I would expect that doing this, regardless of how the setup is, you will get a record crowd because of because a there's more availability, but b there's going to be a concerted effort on the part of the wrestling community to show a record crowd. The question will be sustainability. And that's where you got to look at the big picture. You know me. I don't look at short-term things. I look at, at big picture stuff. Short-term, that's what I expect. That's nice. That's adorable. Ten years from now, you're still doing it. Because after a while, people say, I'm not going to that. I can't see it. Who are those two specks down there? 
Those two specks down there are human beings wrestling. Okay. <laughs> Who's the third speck? Well, that's the official. <laughs> I can't see. So it's going to depend. It's not like you cannot make a dome in intimate setting. You actually can if you do it right. I know from experience. So thank you very much for that uh, update on the 2020 NCAA Wrestling Championships. Uh, and I think uh, it is an initial, it is an initial uh, uh, foray into trying to do this in a dome. Now, whether they go back and do it again, and there are certain places you could do it at Ford Field, there are many areas you can do it. You can do it at the old Jones Dome in St. Louis. I don't know what kind of shape that place is in right now since the Rams left, but you could do it there. Those are all possibilities. Uh, so it's not like there's, you know, you can do it up in Syracuse, but I, mean, I don't know if they're, hey, let's go to Syracuse. It's right now. <laughs> it's on TV, right? Okay. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Thundering Motors is bringing in the new year with the lofty goal. Sell 1,000 new Fords in 2019. You heard right. 1,000 new Fords. SMC knows they can achieve this lofty goal, and here's why. Thundering Motors Ford has 2019 Ford Fiestas starting at 12820. That's a new car for under 13 grand. Browse Central Pennsylvania's largest selection of four-wheel drive vehicles. Pick from 68 Ford Escapes, and they're slashed to as low as 17820. SMC has all the 2018 Ford Explorers reduced by eight grand, starting at 33.985. Sunbury Motors has over 100 new Ford trucks with F-150s marked down up to $14,000, and Super Duties as much as 15 grand. SMC's goal of selling 1,000 new Fords in 2019 will be your gain. Sunbury Motors is in the North Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, proudly serving all of Central Pennsylvania and the Susquehanna Valley for over a century. We'll talk about great products, great sales staff, great service. That's Sunbury Motors. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Neil Kulong, next half hour. Neil, by the way, under the weather, fighting it, but is going to join us anyway. Do we have a lot to talk about with the NFL? And we'll talk to Neil about that and much more. The Baseball Hall of Fame uh, results are out today. Does it sound right it's out at 6 o'clock tonight? That is correct uh, on MLB Network to at least 8 o'clock. Right. I yeah, don't think we'll, it's... Yeah, we'll see how Mike Messina uh, goes. There was uh, one check where he was clocked in at about 82% of the vote, but, um, but many more private votes were still... Uh, not calculated at that point, so yeah, no, yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows. Um, the Chiefs have fired Bob Sutton as the defensive coordinator after the loss of the Patriots. Um, then again, Bob Sutton wasn't the one that put the Chiefs' defense out first. <laughs> again, that uh, look, everybody makes mistakes. I got it. But you, you know, you got it. Yeah, I think one of the important things about 
coaching is you really you really have to know your team. When you're 31st in the NFL in total defense, you don't put that group... Okay, I'm 31st in total defense. I have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I have the option as to which one I want out there first. To me, I don't even know if that takes any thought. But he's out as the defensive coordinator in part, not just because of the Patriots game, but he's out in part of of the part I mentioned earlier. They were 31st in the NFL in total defense. Yeah, if you look at Brady's numbers on Sunday night, he ended up with three interceptions. And a lot of people were singing his praises on how he drove them down the field in overtime, those crucial Mm -hmm. third down passes to Julian Edelman and that crucial one to Gronk that set up the touchdown by right by uh, Rex Burkhead but yeah I think a lot of that <laughs> I think a lot of that too has something to do with just how terrible that defense is in Kansas City it finally caught up with him it could have been gassed at that point too It'd be a combination both, of things both defenses were thoroughly completely gassed all right uh I've mentioned this before but we'll bring it into greater focus now I mentioned that when Arthur Blank was involved in the building of Mercedes-Benz Dome, part of his agreement with the Falcons being there is that no matter what, no matter what, concessions would stay low. And they would not, and the prices would not change. So listen to this. We know Super Bowl tickets are ultra expensive. But listen to this. When it comes to concessions, a refillable soda cup. Um, let's have some fun here. I'm gonna, let's have you guess. Refillable soda cup. Go ahead. How much? So is this for like a Falcons game or what it'll be next? No, Sunday? no. It, it is. Ev- th- these are the same prices, no matter what the event. College wow. football playoff game, SEC game, concert, Super Bowl, Falcons game. Arthur Blank said the prices for concessions will stay the same no matter what the event. So, Okay, refillable soda. How big's the cup? Do you have that info? No, I do not. It's probably a 32-ounce or 44-ounce cup. I'll say uh, 3 bucks. $2. That's excellent. Bottle of water. 2 bucks. Exactly. Pretzel. Uh, two fifty. Two dollars $2. Okay. Hot dog. Two fifty. Two dollars $2. That's terrific. Uh, Jordan Center, they're four. Popcorn. Two bucks. Yes. Nachos with cheese. Three bucks. Yes. Waffle fries. Three bucks. Yes. Slice of pizza. Sounds like I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slice of pizza, uh, two fifty. Three dollars. Oh, okay. Souvenir refillable cup. Ooh, look, it has the Super Bowl logo. Oh, wow. It's got Matt Ryan's picture on it. Or the fifty-three logo. Um, that would probably be four bucks. Yes. Okay. Uh, draft beer, five bucks. Yes. Cheeseburger. That's a, that's terrific. That that's a. I mean, because normally beer you're talking eight, nine, ten yeah. bucks, depending if it's a domestic or or an IPA yeah. or exactly or what portion of the stadium you're watching the game in. That mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it too. Exactly. Sometimes you're talking eleven, twelve bucks a cup. All right. Right, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Uh, three. Five dollars. Okay. Chicken tender basket with fries, which I can tell you because I've had it. I had it at the Jordan Center on Wednesday night. 
One concession stand had it for nine dollars. The other concession stand had it for ten. <laughs> Excuse me. Are we using a better grade of chicken over here at the right? I just want to. <laughs> hey, what's the difference between the two baskets? I'm wondering. That is a good deal. I know in the. I uh, know in the. In no, the, they out the they out the price from last year, and I don't think it's a good deal. But go ahead. How much for the Super Bowl? Ah. Uh, hmm. Seven fifty. Six dollars. Which yeah, is the price it used to be at the George Center last season. <laughs> yeah, that's a student favorite at Beaver Stadium. Usually for the for the noon kicks, that's their breakfast. <laughs> the concession uh, stand right below uh, there in the corner end zone there, <laughs> below the blue band there. That that concession stand's always packed with kids by twelve thirty. <laughs> yeah, they also have other kinds of breakfast too. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. So those those are the concession numbers. Those are very economical prices, especially well, again, for a Super Bowl. They, but again, the agreement was, regardless of the event, the concession prices stay the same. They are not allowing the concessions to gouge the fans. You're already gouged enough with parking and the ticket, but... It's not because of what they do with the Mercedes-Benz Dome. I find that interesting. I find it great. I know you're trying to make money no matter where you do make it. But I will be honest with you. There is more money being made in sports right now that if we were to go back 10 years ago and maybe even 15 these are numbers no one ever would have dreamed of. And I've said over and over again, I realize you want to get as much money as possible because you're trying to fund your athletes, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to make money for your ownership, your group, the whole deal. I understand all that. It is a business. It is a business. But is there, isn't there a point where you're getting so much money from television, sponsorship, and so forth, where you can make the fan experience better? And to me, low concession numbers, that's a step toward making the fan experience better. The key is to get people to want to go. So you want to go because the game is fun. You want to go because the game is exciting. You want to go because... It's interesting. You want to go for the socialization of it. There's so many reasons to go to a sporting event. The last thing you want to do is start turning people off like, man, I went to the game. I said, but, you know, I paid a lot for the tickets. I paid a lot for parking. Jeez, and then I went to get a beer, and it was $9, $10, $12, whatever the number happens to be. And, you know, you have to give people the incentive to want to come back, to be that, you know, you know we always... I talk all the time uh, because when I do the, the commercials here for Sunbury Motors, uh, when I intro the segments or Brewers Outlet or Purdy, I ad lib all those. So far, they're not mad at me for it. <laughs> I think I'm, I must be hitting the right themes, I think. Right. But I always talk about the importance of repeat customers, right? You know, pretty, you know, because all those places have been around a long time. Sunbury Motors has been here over 100 years. Purdy Insurance has been here over 60, almost 70 years. 
This radio station's been here for 80, whatever. Okay? And you get repeat customers because you're good. They want to keep coming back to you. Well, that's what you have to do in sports. You have to have people who want to keep coming back. Uh, we had the email. Uh, was it D. Sassman? Send us the email about uh, being at U.S. Bank for the NCAA Wrestling Championships in 2020. Fabulous. And they'll get a record crowd because they will be an overwhelming outpouring of not just enthusiasm, but of people who want, we're going to show the world, we're going to set a record crowd, we're all going to go. Okay, well, that's great. It lasts once. Five, ten years later, you're still doing it. Well, you've got to make the experience really good. You don't want people going over to... Minneapolis, and all of a sudden they're getting gouged in a hotel, which, of course, the NCAA Wrestling Championship can't control. It's up to the hotel as to what they're going to do. I mean, my goodness, the hotel I just stayed in is the media hotel for the Final Four, which is going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium this year. And I think the Final Four is going to be, you know, they had the Super Bowl there last year. So, I mean, when it comes to big events, Minneapolis knows what it's doing. But... Are you going to make the concessions at U.S. Bank Stadium out of control? Are you going to make the parking number at U.S. Bank Stadium out of control? See, this is where you have to start managing your costs. So you put it at U.S. Bank Stadium, you get more people. Do you then gouge them and make the experience lousy because of the concessions? Do you gouge them up parking? Because, it look, I don't care what anybody says, renting U.S. Bank Stadium is exponentially higher as a number than Target Center. It's the way it is. So do you turn people off by then gouging in other areas that make people, I can't believe how much I paid. I can't believe for to park. I can't believe how much I had to pay for a beer. You know, where you start getting into that mode, or do you make it so reasonable and such a great experience? Like, hey, the parking was easy. The sessions were great. Didn't I pay a lot for that? Yeah, I paid for the ticket. Yeah, I paid for the hotel, but I didn't get killed in other areas. You know, that's where you've got to do whatever you can to make parts of the uh, fan experience as palatable and as fun and as manageable as possible. And I think that's something that always has to be kept in mind. I don't care what the event is. I don't care if it's going to a volleyball match, a basketball game, a wrestling match, a football game, whatever it may be. The goal has to be... And again, you can't control the results. You cannot control the results. You don't coach it. You don't play it. So you can't control the results. Obviously, the results enter in fan satisfaction. So let's never discount that. But the parts that you can control of doing everything you can to make it a really nice experience for the people that go because they can spend their money anywhere they want. They can spend their money if they want to go to a, an Elton John concert on his farewell tour. They can spend their money on a concert. They can spend their money in Carnegie Hall. They can spend their money on a weekend in New York City or a week down in Florida. Or they can choose you and your sporting event. You want those people to keep coming back. And this is where I give Arthur Blank a lot of credit. All that lumber that Sean bought over at Home Depot paying off uh, for his new house. 
But this is where I give I give him all the credit in the world. He put this in about concessions. Sure, you're going to have to pay for parking, but but believe me, people walk out of there going, you know what? You know, obviously your team winning would, but then you say, hey, well, how was it? I mean, I have, how much you have to pay for a beer at the Super Bowl? Well, I paid five dollars. Yo, really? No, it's Atlanta. It's the way it is in Atlanta all the time. It does make a difference. Do you lose some money? Sure, you lose some money. But maybe it's getting you repeat customers that if they were gouged, you may not have. So there is a better return on that than some people would realize. Obviously, I'm not a business major, but I've been around a lot of this my entire life. You don't have to be a business major to sit there and do almost 1,500 games in your career, which means I've been to how many, what, what have I been to now? Uh, 140, I've done basketball games at 148 different arenas, and I've done football games in 54 different stadiums. Okay? And if you don't get a gauge on what the experience is like for people, and it's not just, you know, I'm just sitting in the press box. Look, I go around, you know, I mean, I, I walk into the Citrus Bowl. I knew what the parking was. I saw, you know, I can, I, you know, I walk by the concession stands, and I always take a quick glance, like, how much does it cost to do it? Ooh, man. And they do that in a lot of different stages. We're just through observation. You can tell if they're reasonable or they're gouging people. Just an observation, as long as you're paying attention. We have to do everything we can to make the fan experience as enjoyable as possible. Again, the part that is the greatest part of enjoyment, obviously, is the winning and losing part. So the winning part makes it more enjoyable if your team's winning. You have, a, obviously, a different and better outlook on what's going on if the team is winning. I understand that. That's in anything. Amazing! I announce a bunch better game in the perception of uh, some ears because they're winning. <laughs> okay, I understand that totally. It's always been like that. And anybody who doesn't think that, you know, you have to be smart enough to know that. And so that does have play a major role in what is your enjoyment level of it. But all the other parts that you can control, you have to make it as enjoyable as possible because now people have so many options entertainment-wise. So while it may seem on the surface a small concession, Arthur Blank and what he did with the Mercedes-Benz Dome and and concessions, you want to talk about I'm thinking of the fan? That's definitely thinking of the fan. Fan deserves it. And the fan makes all the difference in the world in the atmosphere. That Kansas City crowd on Sunday, awesome. The New Orleans crowd on Sunday, awesome. That's the ambiance coming through the TV set. And it's so easy to sit back and watch a game on TV today. Last night I watched Nebraska Rutgers basketball. I watched Michigan State Maryland basketball last night. I watched a little bit of Virginia North Carolina, all from the comfort of my living room last night. You have that option to sit in the comfort of your living room and watch every single Penn State football game on TV if you so desire every Saturday or that one random Friday night during the course of a season. 
It's that taking the extra step of I'm going to drive in, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a parking space, I'm going to tailgate, I'm going to watch the blue band, I'm going to watch the team arrival, I'm going to go into the stadium, I'm going to be a part of it, I'm going to see the green grass, I'm going to see the game played out, I'm going to go back to the parking lot, with, you know, I'm going to buy some concessions, I'm going to go back to the parking lot when it's over, and have a great time, right? That fan that takes that extra step and leaves the living room because they think you're worth the experience, you have to do everything you can to make sure that that experience is top-notch for them because that fan took the extra step and they deserve it. There are a lot of options out there. At this moment, I'm out of options, which means we have to take a time out. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today, Dick from Milton. Dick, I apologize for making you wait as long as you did. That's what, that's my fault. That's fine. I just wanted to make a quick... You know, the NCAA has got themselves into a box in this wrestling, NCAA wrestling. 2000, I worked a floor table with Bryce Jordan. They don't do those anymore because it's too small a venue. Pittsburgh's too small. You know, they're, they're, everybody's complaining. There's 2,500 less seats than there were at Cleveland last year in, in, in Pittsburgh. And the problem is, if they get to these mega, this, the carrier domes and this, you'll be so far away. It's not like watching a football game. You've got two guys in the middle of this big damn box down there. It's hard to see them. You, have, you might, you're going to drive all that way to watch something on a jumbotron in front of you. That's what's going to happen. But you can yeah, see we're uh, there. Yeah, uh, that's that was the point I was making earlier. Who are those two specs down there? Well, those yeah, are the wrestlers. Who's the third spec? Well, I think that's the official. Oh, okay. I mean, St. Louis was St. Louis, Cleveland, Oklahoma City were bigger than Pittsburgh, and now they now they dropped all of a sudden, and and the, and the, the, everybody's complaining because they changed the way they're going to allocate tickets for this year. Oh boy! I read it online last week that the allocation is not going to be the way it was the last few years. They're going back to an allocation from a few years ago. That's if that's true. Maybe sooner or later they'll have it down at Jerry World with that 60-yard screen. You can watch the rest or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's such a big thing, and pretty, you know, it's it's almost getting too big for the average arena. That's what that's the problem. If you want to go and watch it live, that's the issue they're going to have. Just keep an eye on it over the next few years. I mean, I don't know what will happen with it. I have no I have no idea. Can't tell you. But no, there'll be I, a lot well, of disgruntled people, and they're not all Penn State fans either. <laughs> I guess they are. They're disgruntled this year, especially. Right, I know because obviously uh, PPG Paints is a smaller venue than Cleveland is. And, and the other thing that really bothers me, you could check this out, how this happens, but people, you can buy tickets on StubHub's already when you can't even get them through universities. Now, how can that be possible? How do they get these tickets? Where do they get them from? They're in, they're inside the building. Are they lower in price? I wouldn't. T no, they're higher in price. But how do they get a hold oh, of tickets when, okay. they, when the vet, when colleges, universities can't get? Their own allotments. That's my point. Because they because they buy them ahead of time with the idea they're going to sell them to you when the universities run out of their allotment. Well, maybe they're going That's, to have to stop it, selling tickets ahead of time. Well, they're okay with it. You know what? You want to know why they're okay with it? Because it, it then guarantees them a sellout. I understand that, but the NCAA, I don't know why they allow it. I guess that's my point. They're going to sell it out no matter what. Right. That's my point. Well, All right, thank you. You hope. <laughs> you hope. All right. Um, next hour, Neil Kulong out of the sick bed and onto the show.